In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. This is the second Sunday of Babel, and today's gospel relates to the calling of St. Peter and St. Andrew and also the sons of Zebedee uh, to become the Lord's disciples. And we see that in the case of the two brothers uh, that we read about today, St. Andrew and St. Peter, the calling was very gradual until finally, as we read today, they became his disciples. And when we look at the chronological events of, um, of the calling of St. Peter and St. Andrew, as noted in all the Gospels, it's amazing to see the working of God in calling these two great fathers. St. Andrew was first introduced to our Lord Jesus Christ by St. John the Baptist and began to speak with Christ. And many consider St. Andrew one of the first or the first of the twelve apostles. Later on, he found his brother Peter and he brought him to Jesus. Peter also um, speaks with Christ, who at that point, our Lord Jesus Christ named him Cephas, or Petros, or a rock, um, or a stone, as the Gospel according to St. John points out. But St. Peter still did not leave everything and become his disciple. Then they attended the wedding of Cana of Galilee, and they witnessed the miracle of turning water into wine, and he still didn't become an apostle. They probably heard the Sermon of the Mount on the Mount. And, the, and this, um, after this, St. Uh, Augustine states that the healing of St. Peter's mother-in-law occurs before the beginning of their disciple, of his discipleship. So all of these things he witnessed and kept in his heart and it must have had a deep impact on him. Um, he probably also uh, witnessed the casting out of demons and who confessed Christ as the Son of God and the crowds that came to the house and that thronged around Christ to be healed and how many healings Christ did. And all of these were probably slowly moving him. All of these encounters, again, must have had this really deep impact, impact on our father, St. Peter, slowly changing him, slowly consecrating him. Finally, though, St. Peter along with his brother, St. Andrew, and the, um, the two sons of Zebedee. They witnessed this amazing miracle that we heard about today, and, um, and they, that was it for them. That kind of pushes uh, St. Peter over the edge, and he leaves all and follows Christ as his disciple when asked to by Christ. Our Lord, as the story goes, was preaching near the shore of, of um, the Sea of Galilee, west of the Sea of Galilee, at a small lake called Gennesaret. And to create some distance between uh, him and the big crowd that followed him, because he would oftentimes, uh, as we read in many of the Gospels, the crowds were just, um, and there was no organization. There was just large crowds that surrounded Christ, and it was very difficult for him sometimes to allow others to come in, as in the case of the uh, four friends and the um, and the one who was uh, you know paralyzed and also Zacchaeus the young the, the small person who couldn't fit through the people because the people thronged together and it became very difficult to uh, to um, you know manage you know it's a if you've ever been like in a uh, a riot or something like that it's very difficult to negotiate with uh, with a throng of people like that it's it becomes a very difficult thing to manage we live in a very organized society uh, so we rarely see those kind of things, but when we when they are when we see it in other parts of the world, we got it. We get a sense of how it was when Christ was walking and these huge crowds followed him. So for him to preach effectively and to create a distance between him and the people, he stepped into St. Peter's boat, launched off a little bit past the shore, and then preached from there. And that way, everybody was able to hear him, and uh, in a very organized manner. 
<clears throat> after he was done, he asked St. Peter to do something very strange and very not convenient. After they had been fishing for a long time and caught nothing, they fished throughout the night into, um, you know, all the way till sunrise, and they didn't catch anything. And after they already brought in the boats and after they washed their nets and probably put away all the tools, he tells St. Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And have any of you ever gone fishing before? Yeah. Okay, is it an easy thing to do? It's, it takes a lot of effort, right? A lot of skill, a lot of effort. Anyone who's gone fishing, especially off of a boat, not like off a pier, knows that it takes a lot of effort and a lot of skill to go to go fishing um, before you even put the hook in the water. And the skill required takes a lot of experience as well. You, you're usually going with somebody who's a little bit more experienced and, and hopefully uh, can point out some things for you. St. Peter, though, was a professional fisherman. He was, that was his trade, that was his profession. He partnered, he even partnered with other fishermen, um, the father of the two sons of Zebedee, um, who had multiple boats, and then they also had employees. So this was like an, uh, a little business, a small business that they were running. So they knew what they were doing, okay? And they were fishing throughout the night. Um, you know, they, they worked really hard throughout the night with all the tools and the gear and all of that and they didn't catch anything. They were very disappointed. And they came into the shore the next morning and there Christ was preaching. And here comes this carpenter to tell him how to fish, even though they were fishing for a long time and caught nothing. And St. Peter, he complains a little bit. He says, Lord, we've been fishing throughout the night and we caught nothing. But he, uh, you know, after trying to reason with the Lord a little bit, probably looked, saw the look on his face and said, I will obey, and he and he did so, and he cast out into the deep. He went to the deeper parts, and he launched the ship, and they caught, and they threw their nets, and they caught an amazing amount of fish, so that the boat itself was beginning to sink, and the nets were beginning to break, and even with a second boat that came to help as well. Saint Peter is struck with awe and wonder and fear at this great miracle because he knows fishing. He knows that something like this wouldn't have happened and it happened directly on the command of Christ. And two things came to his mind at that point. First, the greatness of who Christ was. This miracle suddenly gave him clarity uh, for who Christ really was. And second, it gave him clarity for something else. It gave him clarity for who he was as a sinner. So he asked Christ, and an amazing, interesting thing that he asked Christ, he says, Lord, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Depart from him because he felt extremely unworthy of having Christ on his boat. But Christ lovingly then responds to him and says, do not be afraid, and that he would be a fisher of men. This event is the final cause for St. Peter, along with St. Andrew and the two sons of Zebedee, to become full-time disciples after that point. What amazing faith they had, though, in the middle of their work and at the height of their success. Two boatloads full of fish is probably worth tens of thousands of dollars in, in, our, in our time today. And they decided to leave it all. They left their profession and followed Christ from that point on. So when we look at this amazing story with this miracle, we see a lot of benefits from the qualities of St. Peter in this story. St. Peter, firstly, was aware of his shortcomings. He didn't walk around pridefully. Uh, he was very humble, and he knew what kind of weaknesses he had. When this miracle occurred, all of those weaknesses bubbled to the surface, when he was overcome with that great feeling of unworthiness. 
God, of course, was aware of his shortcomings too. And of course, probably, and not probably, indeed, in greater detail than even St. Peter was aware. God knows our shortcomings even more than what we know. Yet he was still present with him on his boat and wasn't ashamed or scandalized because of St. Peter. We need to always ponder our shortcomings. We need to be aware and evaluate our spiritual life. And there's many good reasons for that. We spoke about those in uh, the past few Sundays. When we evaluate our spiritual life and we know about our shortcomings, number one, we can take steps to fix them. Number two, we never will judge anyone else because we're aware, we're too aware of our own shortcomings. And number three, we approach God with humility, which is the first step for us to win His grace and to overcome any kind of shortcomings we have. So let's be like St. Peter in that. St. Peter also had the virtue of obedience. We spoke about the skill of a fisherman and how hard it is for um, a fisherman to gather all of his gear and all the skill that's required and it's a lot of work plus he was working all night so he must have been very tired and St. Peter was exhausted probably and used every bit of skill that he had to catch uh, the fish for his livelihood and they caught nothing. Jesus comes and tells him to launch into the deep and try again even though it's inconvenient even though Jesus was a carpenter and he was a professional fisherman St. Peter does so anyways. We're oftentimes asked ourselves to serve, to attend services, and we refuse. Sometimes we think we know better, and we don't like the direction that the priest will say, or don't like the direction that the church is going in, or maybe another servant gives us direction, and we're too prideful to follow direction and obey. We have lots of excuses that we throw in front of ourselves. Some of us, for example, hide behind our children. Oh, we're too busy, we have children. Some of us hide behind our jobs, that we're too busy, we have, our jobs are too demanding on us. Some of us are tired, and well, I'm too tired, Abuna, I can't do it. Or, you know, when another service asks, I can't really come early to church, I'm too tired. Imagine St. Peter, if he would have told, Saint, uh, told Jesus Christ, you know, I've been doing this all night, I'm exhausted, I'm going home. You know, what, what, how the world would have been different if St. Peter said no because he was working all night, um, all throughout the night till sunrise. And many other reasons. We can think of a million excuses uh, that we, uh, you know, limit that these excuses get in our way and they limit us. They're like a glass ceiling for us to uh, stop us ascending closer to Christ and to walk with him. St. Peter could have said no, and you know all of these would have been valid in his mind if he chose not to obey, but instead he did obey, and he got to see the glory and wonder of God. Over the last few weeks, we've also spoken about uh, the many ex uh, other excuses that people give for not walking for Christ, and all of them appear valid to them. But we've also read in the last few weeks um, about other saintly people that overcome their excuses and they were pretty drastic excuses too pretty like most people would say these are valid excuses but they overcame those excuses and wouldn't give in to them for example Zacchaeus who was short and couldn't get through the the crowd he climbed a tree he didn't use that as an excuse but he climbed the tree to see Christ the four friends who climbed to the roof with their paralyzed friend and they got to see the healing and the glory of God as well the sinful woman who barged into the Pharisee's house knowing that she would be judged severely and maybe even cast out of the house. She didn't use that as an excuse, but went in instead. 
So all of these people, right, all of them could have made excuses and turned around and went home. And St. Peter could have said, no, I'm going to go home, I'm too tired. And by the way, I'm a professional fisherman and you're a carpenter, I'm going to go home. Instead, he obeys. And they chose to overcome their excuses and saw the wonder and glory of Christ. When we have excuses, it stops us from encountering him. But when we overcome them, we are able to see Christ. And God is aware of the things that we overcome, the challenges we overcome, and gives us even greater rewards because we overcome them. Another virtue of St. Peter that we see here in today's story is that he did not procrastinate. He immediately left all and followed Christ. Once Christ said, follow me. And, you know, it took a while for him to get to that point where Christ knew his heart. And then he finally said, follow me. He immediately left all and followed Christ. They didn't procrastinate. Neither did Andrew or the sons of Zebedee. They didn't say, can we first go sell these tens of thousands of dollars worth of fish? Can we go home to our families and tell them goodbye? We need to be a little bit like Saints Peter and Andrew in this. St. John Chrysostom says that this is the obedience that Christ seeks of us, that we do not delay even for a moment of time, though something absolutely most needful should relentlessly press on us. Procrastination or delaying doesn't have a place in the spiritual life. When grace visits us, we shouldn't ignore it. When he moves our hearts, for example, towards repentance or towards reading the scripture or coming to church, we shouldn't ignore it. Let's not ignore it. We don't know how much time we have. There's a contemplation that those who are in Hades and have rejected God all of their life would have traded everything for just 30 seconds to repent. Just 30 seconds if they just had another opportunity. Of course, it's too late for them at that point. But if they can just have 30 seconds to repent, they would have repented. And we have days and we have years and that sometimes we squander, squander those days and years. But with Saints Peter and Andrew, they left all immediately in the height of their success, and they have touched the beauty of Christ's love. They got to encounter Christ's love. After the miracle, Saint Peter suddenly realized who Christ was and who he was. But that wasn't enough for Saint Peter to follow Christ. In fact, Saint Peter asked for a separation, falling down at Jesus' feet, saying, Depart from me. For I am a sinful man. So he knew who Christ was at that point, and he knew he, he, who he was. St. Peter realized something else, though, that this is, and this is what pushed him to abandon everything and to become his disciple. He encountered Christ's love. That's what really hooked him. He heard him say lovingly, Do not be afraid, for, on na for from now on you will catch men. And St. Peter was hooked. The fisherman himself was hooked. They were skilled fishermen, but Jesus was more skilled because he caught the fishermen. And these fishermen would catch, of course, countless others for Christ. And the fishing is still occurring till this day because the net is still drawn. As St. Cyril of Alexandria says, and still the net is cast while Christ fills it and summons to conver conversions those in the depths of the sea, that is to say, who live in the surge and waves of the worldly things. The net is cast now even wider and catching many even till today. So ask, like, ask ourselves, like in today's story when Peter was struggling to bring in that net, other employees came and helped St. Peter. Are we also helping? Are we running over to help St. Peter and the rest of the apostles to hold the net? Or are we just standing by in our spiritual life, not caring for our salvation 
or let alone the salvation of those around us? That's a question that you should ask yourself because it is a measure of our spirituality. It's a measure of our relationship with God. Are we also casting the net or is that the farthest thing from our mind? And you can ponder on that, you know, with your own. Like, is my own salvation and is the salvation of my family, is the salvation of my co-workers, my schoolmates, those around me, is it even an important thing that I could even do the minimum thing, which is to pray, which is no small thing, of course. When you pray for those around you, for their salvation, are we even praying for that? Let us all pray for our own salvation and for the salvation of others as well, so that we can share in bringing in the net full of fish and, and help, because there is a great need for help and support in this apostolic service. Many are still discovering the Lord and coming close to Him. And Christ is present with us in many ways in this. Through Scripture, we hear Him. Through prayer, He promises to be with us. Through chrismation, we have Him within us at all times, even during our greatest weaknesses. Through the Eucharist, He is present with us and promises to be one with us. And through time, He's always with us. Even unto the end of the age, He promises to be with us always. All of these things are full of wonder and awe and fear when we ponder them. We sometimes take these things for granted and forget the greatness of these things. But everyone, every once in a while, God will work within us to suddenly have clarity like St. Peter had. To see the greatness of his presence among us, to see our own unworthiness in comparison, but to also see God's incomprehensible love and undescribable love when, when we hear him say, do not be afraid. It reminds me of the story of St. Mary of Egypt. Some of you know her story. She lived in the fourth century. She was a prostitute. She was living a very uh, sinful life and she was oblivious to the presence of God, completely oblivious. One day she saw a large crowd going to the church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem. So she followed them and she went on the boat and went to the church in, in uh, Jerusalem. And she tried to enter into the church, but then felt an invisible obstruction, like a, like some sort of force field or something. They could, she couldn't get into the church. It was like this physical obstruction that was limiting her from going into the church. And she tried multiple times and couldn't. And and it was like Saint, it was like a revelation, like Saint Peter had. He, she finally realized the truth that always existed before, but she had that clarity in that moment that God was great. And that she was a sinner. So she knew who God was and who she was in that moment of uh, clarity. Then she prayed and asked for mercy. And then finally she was let into the church. And she heard a voice for her to go and live an ascetic life in, in the deserts. Her story goes on to show, by the way, an amazing example of repentance. One of the most amazing stories that you'll hear about repentance. St. Augustine as well had a similar experience. You guys heard about St. Augustine? Hopefully you have, and hopefully you've read some of his writings, beautiful writings. He was living a very sinful life, full of doubt, until he suddenly met a friend who told him about the, saint, the, the life of St. Anthony the Great of Egypt, the first monk. And he was so taken back by the story that all of a sudden, like, suddenly he was overcome with a fearful sense of shame. And he describes this himself. We're not like getting this by a second-hand uh, witness or anything. He describes it in, in the book of Confessions. He tells us exactly how he felt. He, he was stricken by a, a fearful and sudden 
sense of shame of who God was and what life was about and who he was. He prays on in his book, uh, in the Confessions, after you know reading this book, um, that God set me face to face with myself, that I might behold how foul I was. He saw who God was, but he also saw who he was, and he was very shameful. And that began, of course, the uh, process of repentance. And uh, St. Augustine is another example of beautiful repentance, and he became one of the great church fathers, uh, both in the Western church and in the Eastern church. Mostly in the Western church, they really love him because he wrote in Latin. But going back to St. Peter, the calling of St. Peter was not just to be an apostle, but that he would follow him. He is calling us with the same thing, to follow him, like a mother lovingly shouting for her children to come back home. This is our calling that we should all live in, and if we don't, we've missed out. We've missed the calling to be one with him and to be with the fellow believers in unity. So let's always hear this calling and respond to this calling as St. Peter did, showing so many great virtues. So may God grant us the, these virtues of St. Peter that he showed of humility, of obedience, of self-awareness and self-evaluation. And may we hear the loving words of Christ always to not be afraid because he is always with us to whom be glory forever. Amen.